Hey listeners, my name is Fraser Kesling. I'm the um, founder of Inputs.com, um, new platform basically uh, that we've started up in the agriculture space. Easy. Right on, Matt. We've, uh, we were right in continuing to do that, getting the guests in the intro. Because mm-hmm. it's getting easier and easier for us. We should actually just get the guests in the is. podcast. That'd be a good idea. We, then, I mean, once we monetize it, then we'll just get other people to do it. We'll just go and live on an island somewhere. Live in uh, New Caledonia. <laughs> exactly. Right, old Fraser. We'll, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start off, we're going to jump straight into it and do the sixth sense. So, are there any are there any compliments or criticisms or of last before? last week? Oh, yep. Sorry, Fraser. We forgot. We do have yeah. a strict agenda where we cover off on all the criticisms and compliments that we received mostly, the last week. Mostly criticisms. Uh, most of the criticisms have been towards my use of ChatGPT. <laughs> um, so I've been asked to step away from the keyboard and not create hybrid animals on ChatGBT because it's given children nightmares. Mm. Uh, in fact, it's given adults nightmares. Uh, so that was the only criticism we had. Well, that's not many. That's good. Uh, compliments. We haven't had any of those for a long, long time. A long, long, long time, long time. We should, just, we should just really call it the criticism section. Complaints and criticisms. Right up. So we're going to jump into the sixth sense. And what we're going to do is we're going to psychologically test you. Uh, as qualified psychologists from the University of Acme, uh, we're qualified to test your uh, competency through a series of six questions. Uh, we're going to throw a word or a phrase at you, and you just come back with the first thing that comes to mind, either a short one-word response if you want, or a slightly longer one-word response. And then we'll delve a bit deeper in later in the podcast. And Matt... Nice and Matt will keep count. Matt will go first. I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I'll start off with I inputs. Uh, tech. Okay. Crocs footwear. Uh, unfashionable. Jesus. Cheesy poops. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, a, re- a chance to redeem yourself here now. <laughs> Black pudding. Disgusting. Oh, fuck. It's going to be a short one. It's going to be a short one. (laughs) Farmers' access to inputs. Uh, Easy. Fertiliser shortage. Uh, Complex. Is there one more? Yep. Favourite musician? Blink 182. Oh. Blink one eight two. Gosh, that's Matt, a... you won't you won't know where they are. Oh well, barely. Um, have they had something out recent? They, they've not had a recent release, have they? Oh. Or am I just missing the boat? Who cares? Who cares about anything that they've released since <laughs> the late nineties, stroke early two thousands? Blink one eight two. Do you want to hey, sing I'm... one of their songs for us, Fraser? <laughs> no, no, thanks. No, I'm, I'm not that... into the new stuff, so I wouldn't know about that. But. That, that, that's the one with the two twins in the band, isn't it? And one's, and one's covered in tats or something. So no, then? That's, that's yeah. Hanson. No. Yeah, there, there are two twins in Blink-182 as well, pretty sure. Yeah, fairly sure it is. It's meant, You know what it's named after that band? I believe it's named after the amount of F-words there are in Scarface or something. Is that, is that what it is? 
or something yeah, like that. You sound like you sound like you know more about them than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just 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 like a lot of inane trivia. Yeah, just when you're at a pub somewhere in a trivia night, you need to know this kind of information, Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, so give us a quick intro into you and what inputs is inputs.com is. Oh, it's yeah, I inputs. I inputs. I inputs, yeah. Um yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um grew up in a small country town in South Australia called Kimber. Um, then moved to Adelaide for boarding school and um, university. Um, got a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering degree um, in Adelaide and then worked in the mines for about five years um, up at Roxby there for BHP. So um, just recently, obviously then moved back to Kimber to start a family um, and um had a bit of a look at around town and um, about some of the industries in Kimber and uh, sort of come across um, the inputs industry and um, I guess had a bit of a moment and 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 realised how big it was, how much opportunity there is there um, and, and did a bit of research into the way it's um, currently operating and... Um, yeah, come up with um, iInputs.com basically. So iInputs.com uh, is essentially a tendering marketplace for farming inputs. So similarly in, in the mining and construction industries, you have uh, tendering marketplaces for large projects or um, big construction builds and, and things like that. Um, the person wanting to build the... The building, say, would put up a tender um, and then they would get quotes from construction companies um, and, and go with um, either the most competitive or, or whatever it may be. So um, given the size of the agricultural imports industry, I thought um, why wouldn't you know something similar in this industry work in a, in a similar sort of way? Um, and, and once um, I started developing a bit of a business plan and, Took it to um, my old man, who's, who's now my business partner as well, um, who has over 35 years of um, accounting experience, running his own accounting practice, specialising in agriculture and small agricultural businesses. Um, he pretty quickly um, saw the, um, the problem that this would solve in the inputs industry and, um, yeah, jumped on board. So... Basically, we allow farmers to upload a chemical fertilizer tender and um, supplies to quote on on the other side. So the far, yeah the farmer so the farmers got a, a purchase big purchaser coming up say they can they can get onto the website they log in and, and register I, I presume and and then they just write write down what they need for that particular purchase and then it goes out to a range of suppliers and they come back with their their quotes basically is it so it's just like a almost like an aggregation type thing or mortgage broking type service, similar type thing where they come and fill them in and then the farmer gets to choose what he wants to to go with. Exactly, yeah. So the idea actually came from, um, it came from a website called High Pages, um, which oh, a lot yeah. of people would be yeah, yeah. aware of. I got my, uh, yeah. in the old house, I got my lights put in, I think. Yeah. My, my downlights. I just put a, a thing on saying, uh, looking for some downlights to be installed, however many it was. 
then I had about a dozen a dozen sort of uh, companies come back and I went with the cheapest one and it was uh, yeah it was all right I did the same with my yeah. motorcycle actually recently when I was moved my motorcycle from Victoria I went on to a similar sort of thing as high pages um, but it specializes in transport yeah did so you that's, have um, did you, did you have any with the with the name I oh, inputs? Wasn't there an issue, Andrew? A couple, was it a year or so ago? Yeah, that was uh, WA McFells. Yeah, had a we, had we, a we, we just we discussed that on the second podcast we conducted the problem with that, lo- the problem with lawyers. I, it was called. It was, was that I, iPadic. It's iPadic apps was what it yeah. was called, and so they got a cease and desist. I think from Apple from Apple because they'd used the word iPad. But it was iPadics, oh, not iPadics. Uh, so it wasn't. I thought for some reason I thought it was just because you used the I in front, and that was it. Because then no. there's a whole. If you notice on Twitter, there's a whole heap of people, including Mick Fells, where they've they've gone with I Mick Fells, I whatever yeah. their name is. So, it's, um, but, it, but I think it was because it's iPad Doc rather yeah, than right. iPadic. Is how the yeah. Americans were looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't had any trouble with that one, kind of calling yourself I inputs. No, 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 no cease and desist yet. Not, not, that, yet, I'm, not, yet, not, no. not that I'm suggesting. Not that I'm suggesting they should be doing that. I'm just because yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't work out that well for them when they had a crack at Mick Fells, did it? So yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. Um, but anyway, so so going from it, you've thought of the idea of basically a sort of a tendering process that a lot of other industries use, uh, and then converting it to the context of agriculture. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, yeah, so we, we basically had the idea. It took um, obviously many months to workshop mm. uh, the, the back end and, and how everything would work and fit together and, um, you know, everything right through to the invoicing and, and payment and all that sort of thing. So um, and we sort of obviously customised it to suit agriculture and specifically chemical um, and fertilizer um, sales. So, yeah, basically, that's that's okay. that's the business. So, is it is is it a, it's a website or it's an app, it's an app you can get on your phone or how does it work? Or you have to log into the website. It's a website, yeah. So you can, I mean, it looks like an app. We've got a mobile um, design mobile design version website. website. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you just go to basically iinputs.com, phone or or website and. Um, yeah, it all looks the same, basically. So what's, like, one of the things that I'd see, like, there's been, look, there has been other similar sort of ideas. FBN was one of those. Maybe not a tendering service so much, mm. but mm. it was more of a, it was, I guess, alternate supply chain. It kind of, I don't want to say it collapsed in Australia last year, but it got closed down in Australia. Whether it collapsed or not is open to conjecture. Uh, but they definitely closed down the Australian, you know, sort of uh, side of the FBN business. And there's been a few other similar sort of ones that I've tried in the past. This sort of not necessarily going around the suppliers, but changing the sort of the supply chain sort of uh, flow. Like, how do you get like obviously in any sort of business you're going to have to have customers, and so the customers for you are going to be the seller and the buyer. Yeah, but the buyer themselves. That's probably easy enough to get them to sign up because they can see the value. But are you get like what about the suppliers? Like your large input suppliers, how, how will they react yeah. to the likes of this? Well, uh, 
to to answer the first part of what you're talking about, there, it's funny. Like the the idea for this was completely original um, from myself. Basically, I obviously didn't have experience in the agricultural industry, so FBN. Um, I didn't even know about FBN and, and what they were trying to do. Um, it's not until we actually launched and started. Uh, getting some attention from some people in the industry and having some of those conversations as to what FBN was and why it failed and all that sort of thing. Um, so I'd like to think we just sort of um, this idea is, is different to FBN um, and it's original. That's that's the way I like to think about it. But um, obviously we, we're conscious of what happened to FBN and we want to try and avoid avoid collapsing in, in Australia anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been hard because we originally thought the um, it was a no-brainer for suppliers. Um, we didn't really understand the the market share. Well, we understood the market share that, that some of the big guys have, but um, we didn't think they would... Um, yeah, we thought they would come on board uh, without any friction, put it that way, um, because there's business on the platform essentially. And from our point of view, we, we were thinking, you know, why would they um, not quote on business if it's if it's there? So that's that's worked out a little, little bit differently. But um, have they get, have they given any feedback why they've resisted it or not? Not really. There. So. Um, all the big ones are signed up to the platform. Yep. However, they're not as active as, as some of the other people on there. So um, we we think they're just having a bit of a look around at this point and, and seeing how much volume goes through um, before they actually decide to either yep. do something about it or, or, yeah. Does the, is the website, is, do you have to, there's no payment to subscribe as a, as a buyer or whatever like that? Or how? How does the how does the website then make money? Like presumably the buyer puts out the tender goes on and, and what the it's the supplier that kind of covers the some kind of a payment for the value of the order or something. Is that how it works? Yeah, that, that's right. So basically the uh the website's free to sign up as a farmer and as a supplier. Um as a as a supplier, you can view the active tenders on the platform free of charge. Um, you can quote the quote on them free of charge as well. It's not until you win a quote um, and actually upload a tax invoice that we then charge the supplier 0.5% of that purchase price. So yeah. basically, um, that's that's the our commission is is half a percent um, fee on each order. And you're trusting that the supplier puts that tax invoice up. Correct. Yep. Okay. So there is there is um, a little bit of due diligence we have to do for each order, um, you know, to make sure they didn't go around the platform or um, that sort of thing. But you know, each user's on there at our discretion. So if we find um, someone's not playing by the rules, we can we can kick them off and, and they won't be allowed back on, basically. And then and then so. Uh, all, all the delivery arrangements, I presume, or, or is it is it. Can, can you pick up the items depending upon where it is or they're, they're getting delivered? It just depends on, like, all of that kind of shipping sure, depend, depend process. You, depends where you can your tender, doesn't it? Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So, so you specify, you, yeah, you specify that as the purchaser of what you're wanting, whether it's delivery or whether you're happy to pick up within a certain range or something. 
That's exactly right. So the farmers, the farmer actually posts a tender anonymously, um, but they might say, say if I'm posting an order in Kimber um, and my farm's 20Ks out of town, there's, there's sort of a drop-down option to select um, delivery 20 kilometres from Kimber Town Centre um, or pick up within a 500-kilometre radius so they can drive to Adelaide to pick up a, yeah. a, an order <clears throat> or something like that. And um, you mentioned, so it's it's mainly input. So you, you said at the outset, I think fertiliser and chemical, are they the main stuff you're doing or would it include things like fencing materials and, you know, posts and any, basically anything that a farmer's wanting dog, to buy? Dog food. Um, yeah, no, not a, well, it, to be honest, any, any farmer can put a tender up um, for anything. So we don't discourage that, but essentially... Um, we're focusing on the, the tender forms are built for fertilizer and chemical um, mainly. Um, and that's where we see the most value for the farmer as well. You know, obviously the larger order um, and that sort of thing, the, 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 um, the more potential savings. Um, but then we're pretty soon we're building into the platform uh, fuel and seed as well. So essentially we want to be a one-stop shop for all imports. So the yep. large sort of ones, like the larger sort of purchase items that are fairly homogenous in a way. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, 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 like yeah. fuels, fuels, fuel, glyphosate's glyphosate. They're pretty easy to sort of, it's largely price, isn't it? Like Exactly. It's, it's, just, it's just when a farmer knows what he wants and, and, and he just wants, you know, to get it the cheapest and have it delivered to farm, um, then this is just a way to post it in the time it takes to send a text message, they can post a tender and it can go in front of all of our suppliers nationwide and basically they can just look at all the quotes in one place and just click the, the one they want to go mm. with. Yeah, so save, it saves that leak, the running around the leak work, the ringing around, all, the, all that kind of stuff. A bit That's what I kind of thought, a bit like a mortgage broker type arrangement, but it's all rather than a person doing the work as a mortgage broker, you've just got the platform doing the work going direct supplier. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the end state. Um, we're doing quite a lot of work at the moment, um, making sure we, we aim for at least sort of three to five quotes um, for each tender. So we're doing quite a lot of leg, leg work now to make sure that we have that amount of quotes. Because that's, I guess that's the thing. Like if you look at the input industry, yeah, it's pretty much three two or three companies really that will sort of dominate the two companies dominate the sort of the national sort of area. And then you'll typically have a third smaller one in each area. Like there'll be somebody in Air Peninsula who's like a small independent retail group. Same like for instance, Delta Ag in New South Wales is pretty strong there. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but like you so you've had that feedback from like some of the the like the retailers or the suppliers. Um is it more the bigger ones that are more resisting or the smaller ones? It, it it sort of depends. Um, it's it it, it it changes from town to town. Really, um, we're finding the ones that are heavily service based businesses that have most of the market share in that area are resisting um, because you know they've got all of the market share and and this sort of disrupts their business model of offering uh, services and then selling <coughs> chemicals through that. Mm -hmm. um, 
But the ones that are leaner operations perhaps don't have agronomists, don't offer service, just run more distribution-type um, businesses are um, more willing to jump on and quite on the platform. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's interesting because, like, look, there are look, there are similar – I know there are companies out there that do tendering. <clears throat> like if you're the bigger sort of larger-scale – either larger-scale family corporates or the larger-scale corporates, they will – have the volume themselves individually to actually go out there and put out a tender. So if you're a, you know, I won't name names, but if you're a large multinational with a lot of cropping land, you've got a lot of chemical, you've got a lot of fertilizer usage. So they'll go out to them and say, we want to buy X thousand tons of urea. And they'll go to all the big boys and then they'll come back and say, this is our quotes. But it's probably more the smaller scale to medium scale farms that you're probably looking at. Yeah, big ones as well. I mean, um, our, our platform gets them in front of a lot of suppliers. Like we had a, a um, we offer also buying group features. So um, essentially, buyers groups can get together in a town um, and then submit one order as one one tender on the platform um, under a buyers group username and password and. It, it basically acts as a buyer's group. Same same thing you're sort of talking about there. Yeah, so you've um, you, you got five growers that are looking for urea for the new season. Yeah. And they can say, right, instead of us quoting for 1,000 tonnes, we'll quote for 5,000 tonnes and hopefully get a bulk discount. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and it saves a lot of admin work. Like um, basically for that to happen at the moment, it, it takes one person to um, collate all of that, uh, negotiate, email with multiple suppliers and that sort of thing yeah. um, whereas this just goes up anonymously and um yeah all your quotes are in one place and, and you can basically just um, manage it that way and everyone can log in and see it in the buyers group as well so that's particularly important when it comes to uh you know chemical lists once that once that quote out of those selection of quotes that comes in it gets accepted and then the contract itself is then between the buyer and the seller. So I inputs don't have any contractual obligations. If there's an issue with the wrong thing getting delivered or something along those lines, then it just becomes back, you know, back to a normal transaction with that with that entity, like you'd, you'd enter into, you know, if you'd call them directly type thing. Other than the invoice going up on your website, so so you can collect your your payment as well, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So we we basically just match the farmer and the supplier. Um, we offer three ways to pay. Well, well, really two. Um, the first one being pay supplier directly, um, and then the supplier. It's the supplier's responsibility to manage that risk in terms of um, financing or whatever, um, and do a credit application for new customers and things like that. We don't have anything to do with that. Um, the other option we offer is uh, paying through iInputs.com. So if if a farmer's not sure about a supplier, for example, um, they can pay the funds to us. We hold it until the farmer receives the goods and then we release the funds once he lets us know. So um, two, two main payment methods. But essentially, um, once, once the farmer and the supplier match and the supplier ups, uploads their tax invoice and the farmer accepts it, um, we then charge the supplier. So we consider um, that deal being done and um, then collect our commission. Yep, yep. No, that's a, I mean, that, 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 
that money in trust is actually not a bad way if you've got well that's say, the, a, that's the same as clear grain yeah clear grain holds the money in sort of swift or escrow or whatever it is yeah and, trust and, trust and, <clears throat> until the payments are actually well until the grain's been delivered and until the yeah well the grain actually it's the opposite way the grain doesn't leave the ownership of the seller until the money's in the account. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> in terms of, Fraser, in terms of you got feedback from the sellers, what feedback have you had from growers, producers? Uh, to, to be honest, uh, this is what gives us um, so much conviction in this business is we have not heard hardly a bad thing from from growers about this. Every grower I've talked to thinks it's either an interesting idea or it's, you know, it's got um, great potential and um, they're looking forward to it hopefully succeeding. Um, the Probably the worst piece of feedback would be um, from the older type grower who doesn't, doesn't want to invest their time into um, learning a new platform or, or something like that. So um, it's, it's really... Um, help us to uh, continue um, pushing the business forward because we we do think it's as a net positive for the grower because that's one of the one of the sort of feedbacks that FBN had was a lot of people want to support businesses in the local community FBN like I, I'm going back to FBN it's it's a completely different business model but it's a disruptor and they they were effectively supplying fertilizer and chemicals from the major cities so adelaide perth melbourne brisbane and then selling then trucking it to farm direct yeah. so a lot of feedback for them was that oh well the local store here in kimber supports the foodie club or yeah. or has staff but but in, in effect you're not effect you're effectively just service provider for the Those same supplies. one, yeah, pretend, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's 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 not requiring them to necessarily have a bricks and mortar or a salesperson there in store, or you know, because you're facilitating that transaction, right? But the but yeah. that, person, that person's still doing agronomy advice and whatever else. Mm. Mm. That that's the yeah, that's um that's definitely come something that comes up as well. Um, it really depends on how you look at it, but the way we look at it is um, we. We want to encourage growers to use the platform and if they only want to shop local, for example, we've got five retail stores in Kimber, right? So if the grower's only ever going to shop local, there's no reason why they can't still submit a tender, uh, say they're only going to accept the local quote and then encourage their local buyers to quote through the platform um, and, and, it, and it stays stays local, but at least they get some transparency behind uh, prices from outside of Kimber as well. So they might see on the platform, well, hold on, um, I can get it from somewhere else for 30 grand cheaper, um, and then they go to their local guy and say, you know, this is how much I'm missing out on. Um, I'll still go through um, you guys, but, you know, you, that's, you, that's might, you, might, you might need to start sharpening your pencil, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just gives the grower some transparency and a bit of a baseline as to um, how much those chemicals or, or fertilizer is actually worth, and and then how much is being charged for it. Are you, um, as part of your kind of back end, are you 
as transactions are getting logged or, or, or going through, are you kind of developing some level of a database as well in terms of, you know, because that kind of information when you're talking about price transparency in some markets, particularly the third one is one I'm thinking of and chemicals you could probably add as well, that, that there is not a lot of published information regularly on that or even historicals of what the, you know, what the, 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 the patterns of price have been through the seasons. Are, are you collecting that? as well uh, and keeping it for, you know, later purposes or? Yeah, we're, we're certainly collecting it. We don't have enough data right now to offer any um, service based on that, based on that. But one day um, we'd like to, to dig it up and crunch all the numbers and then provide the grower with sort of an average um, market price essentially um, of both each individual product and um, uh, also the big one we're looking at is uh, quote variation. So if you have five quotes, for example, um, and from the highest quote to the lowest quote, there's a variation of 10%, um, well, then essentially we're saying that we're, we're saving the farmer or the grower approximately 10% or up, up to 10% on their inputs. Yeah, yeah. So over time you can kind of almost measure on average, what you're, you know, the, the benefit you're providing effectively, right, to the buyer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So right right now, um, little inside scope, we're averaging about 7% variant, quote variation. Um, so we're hoping to actually get that. Our target's 10%, so we think we can get well over 10%. Um, but, yeah, that's our, that's our minimum target. So that's, like, 7% is still significant. Huge. So effectively, that's six point five percent once your cut comes off, but that's yeah. still, you know, no, that, for, no, for, that, no, because that's that's what the growers saving, not the yeah, it's, yeah, okay. it's not yeah. But, so the, the, the yeah, but seven percent over a half million dollar bill or a million dollar bill is significant. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the argument. Like the the way we see it is um, when people say you know, it doesn't encourage uh, supporting local or whatever. At the end of the day, if I'm a, a small business owner or a farmer, I'm, I'm going to want an extra 7% um, cash in my hands. I can then go and hire you a farm hand or something like that if I, if I want to keep local jobs in the area. Or um, you, the cash or you, is better off in their pocket. Or you can put that money into local foodie team if you want. Exactly. Put, put, yeah. put, put 2% into the foodie club. Yeah, you know, and that's I guess that's that's an interesting thing about it. The um, it, so you, so as you and your father are the business partners in it. Any right. any yeah. funding from outside, or is all just sort of sweat equity and? So yeah, we we put up the cash um to um get the website developed and um ongoing maintenance and all of that sort of stuff and and marketing. So um yeah, it's. It's um it's been stressful, but um we're we're glad we can get it to this point, um just just out of our own pockets. How um, long? In the future, um, how long's the process been from from when you kind of started the idea to establishing the actual like the website being live? It's live now. Um, yeah. So how long have you been running for? Been about it was about nine months, eight or nine months development. Um, that was sort of fast tracked. Um, given that, uh, so about eight or nine months to um, develop the website, um, plus 
uh, I guess, design the business as well in that time and how all the mechanics of it. And then for the last probably three months, we've we've started, well, really only two months worth of marketing and a month before that was a bit of a soft launch. So, um, yeah, we've really only been operating for, for three months, basically, so 12 months total, really. But then it's going to be sort of, I would say, the busiest period for marketing and pushing it would be January, February, March, just before seeding starts. So yeah, yeah. What what's the uh, how how many you don't need to tell me, but what how many growers and sales you've got signed up for? Yeah, so we hit so we've got about one hundred and eighty users total. Yep. Um, split between growers and suppliers at this point, um, and really, like I said, that's that's less than two months worth of. Mm-hmm. Um, sign up. So we're hoping to grow at a at that at least that rate for the next sort of um, yeah. Well, as long as we can, Forever. really. Yeah. <laughs> What's the right. um? I mean, given the nature of the business, yeah, it's, no, I, yeah. the, only, the only problem I've, I can foresee occurring with this business now is coming on this podcast. Is that well, you had that hundred odd sort of people signed up so far? But then you said that Crocs were unfashionable. Yeah, well, and, and then you said that Blackburn was disgusting. So I know, that's, that's two. That's two. That's two marks against you. It's right there. That's showing a sort of a lack of judgment, and people might sort of start to react sort of quite quite poorly to those kind of comments. Uh, yeah. uh, all of, like you've already sort of ostracised any of the people of Scottish descent, <laughs> and and you've ostracised anyway. anyone anyone who's fashionable. Uh, anyone with good taste, yeah. yeah. No, so no, um, no. What I was going to ask you around the, the distribution of, of those, like at the moment, is it are there particular areas or states that are that you're getting good coverage or ones that you'd like to see a bit more activity in? Uh, not really, because well, we started off, um, our original plan was for the first sort of three to six months, we'll just launch in South Australia. Because um, that's where we're from, and that's what yeah. we know. Um, but very quickly, we found suppliers wanted to access South Australia from interstate, and um, growers interstate wanted to use the platform. So we sort of thought there's no reason why we can't just open it up nationally, and then it, it actually creates a better network anyway. We think, um, and and you know, if there's a fertilizer shortage, for example. Um, in South Australia, some of them post a tender and, and then might be fertiliser ready to go elsewhere. So we think a national marketplace is going to be um, a, a much better thing for the grower as well. Um, but, yeah, really it's been uh, bits and pieces throughout the nation um, so far. So. And and you've had transactions going through it so far? Yep. yep. Yeah, so far, yeah. That's good. Yep. That's good. So not, what's as the, as we, so, not as many as we would like, though. We, we're we're hunting for transactions at the moment. So um, yeah. And what's the the so the, the the hope over the next? Like obviously you got a plan of, of that you mentioned about that growth in in user numbers. Um, is that have you got like set targets for what you're hoping for over the next few years? Like you still probably, I'd imagine you're still in the growth phase now, right? Yeah, we we we're, we're very much. Um, a startup, so the the growth numbers will depend on our marketing budget essentially. Um, and as you probably know, farmers are not that easy to market to. So 
Um, really, it's probably going to take a lot just time at the end of the day through word of mouth and people trying out the platform that's, and that's podcasts the, and things like that. That's the primary sort of way of getting the message out is word of mouth, I think. Somebody has yeah. somebody has a good experience on it and they tell their mates. And then I think I do sort of like we Matt and I have spent a lot of time with a lot of startups in the past. And mm. in fact, our other business is a startup. This is our the podcast mm. is a hobby. Yeah. Um and a lot of them are kind of in a rush. Like we need to get to ten thousand users within a year and da 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 da. It doesn't happen in agriculture. Agriculture, I'm not saying it's slow, but it's well, it is slow. Let's be honest. Like it, it does take time yeah. for, to, for, for adopting new ideas and new technologies. So it'll be interesting. Like it'll be interesting to follow follow your progress. Yeah, it will be interesting. I think the um, the hardest part, probably, um, well, one of the hardest parts about starting up is for this business. It's a it's a marketplace essentially. So we got to have buyers on and sellers on at the same time. Um, you know, if we've got a heap of tenders going up, but there's no quotes or um, a heap of suppliers ready to quote on things and they never come, um, the business will will really struggle. So we're trying to keep that healthy relationship of, of that marketplace going and that's probably was the hardest thing originally. But now mm. we've got enough numbers to actually, um, it's, it's a, we know we're going to get quotes and, and we know we've got sort of tenders slowly coming in. So it's a sort, yeah. of, it's a sort of a chicken and egg thing as well. Like yeah. you, need, you need sellers and you need buyers and getting the two lined up together is the difficulty. But I think it's probably intent. Like Matt and I have talked about inputs a lot mm. you know, over the years. Yeah. And um, the, the reality is that, you know, this is probably coming at the right time. Inputs are expensive. Inputs mm. are massively expensive. Um, saving 7% a couple of years ago might not have been that attractive or it might not have been worth the effort to me as a Scotsman saving any money is worthwhile. Mm. But nowadays when fertilizer in recent years has been, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars a ton, you know, 7% becomes a pretty attractive sort of proposition. Uh, whereas, you know, and we're liable to probably have reasonably inflated input prices regularly in the coming years as energy costs change. So I think it's interesting. There's no, you mentioned before about some, some you know, ad, appealing to a corporate, cooperative type buyers or group buyers. Um, but is there on the down, like if you're just an individual player and you've got a smallish type of order, are there limits in terms of, you know, minimum limits or it doesn't really matter whatever you need in terms of the tender, um, it can go up there. I guess whatever's going to be worth the supplier's time, basically, you know, supplier's not going to quote on, or might not quote on a five hundred dollar order, and and similarly, you know, the farmer by shopping around for an item worth five hundred dollars might only mm. save fifty bucks. So, um, yeah, it's it's really we we sort of encourage orders over ten grand. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's probably like because even a, an order of ten grand, you know, they might still save fifteen hundred bucks, for example. Um, yeah. 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 Well. Sure. Right I on. mean, for that for for that broad scale stuff, though, I mean, you're talking about significant uh, annual purchase costs. The items you you know you're listing there, right? So, um, yeah. you know, it's gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be reasonable clips. I would have thought anyway. Right. Yeah. 
Well, we're probably coming to the end of it, Matthew. Yep. Uh, but I think it's interesting. I'm really interested mm. to see how it develops because you know, Matt and I have written, I think I wrote a report probably two months ago mm. on episode three about group buying organizations and the benefits of the potential use of them to um, farming lobby groups, et cetera. So it's opportune timing that it's come out sort of around the same time. So Yeah. And that's definitely a market that we wanted to capture as well because it's it's really not that hard to to build a technology solution for group buyers and uh, no. to enable group to well, enable group buyers. It's just like you say, it's it's been done. It's not it's it's new to agriculture, but it's in the construction industry. It's in geez, if you go onto there's government tender websites for yeah. IT support and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's not necessarily new. It's just no. new to agriculture. And having I've always liked the idea of you know new technology. It's not a technology even. It's a new management style. I'd call it yeah. a, a new purchasing style, a new way of thinking. But I do like the idea of it being something that is adapted from something else and then mm. made made to work. And it's not. It's not just to me. It's not just technology for the sake of technology. It's not just like get a drone, which doesn't actually necessarily provide all that much value. It's just, but it looks shiny. It's just the natural, you know, cost saving. So I think it's pretty mm. good. Mm. I guess, if, I guess my, my piece of advice would be to, like your old man is an accountant, my advice would be to send out an email to all the accountants, all the rural-based mm. RSM, Framanco, whoever it may be, all the ones that have huge agricultural clientele and say well here's what we're doing because those are the guys that you know for want of a better word control the purse strings of a lot of farming organizations mm. you probably have better i reckon getting better bang for your buck than necessarily marketing directly to farmers yeah that's that's good advice actually and, and good I'll, so i'll send you an invoice yeah <laughs> <laughs> on that on that as well though like um on that as well the Independent agronomists is, is another yeah, one where um, coming at them from that angle because they can literally develop a list of pre-emergent chemicals in a PDF, send it to the farmer, and the farmer can take that same PDF and upload it to the platform in a, well, in a tender even, form. Even the independent agronomist should be the one putting together a group buying thing for all mm, their yeah. clients and then yeah. distributing. Yeah, there is, no, there is actually... Yeah, potential for independent agronomists to offer that service as well, like, um, you know, as a ag chem consultant or, or whatever, charge a service fee and then use the platform to source all the chemicals. That's the good, yeah. I think it's just it's pe people in agriculture, because we've been saying for a long time, like our, our main job is analysing commodity markets, analysing yeah. wheat, sheep, wool, barley, whatever it may be. Um, but we've always said that there's a big focus on what farmers sell, but not what they buy. Mm. And we were probably the first in Australia to really sort of really pushing, you know, talking about input markets. What is the price of fertilizer here versus the rest of the world? Are we paying too much? And shining a bit of a light on fertilizer, as an example. And I think that's where, you know, we need to have better thinking about the price we pay for inputs. We can't just be saying, oh, the price is what the price is. We've got, we want to be more professional, like, the construction industry and try and minimize the costs in order to increase that margin. Cause that 7%, you know, could mean a lot if we have a dry year or, or, or 
yeah, 7%, 7%, 7% over 10 years, you know, that's a huge amount of money. Well, over 20 years, 30 years, you know. If you're a Scotsman, you'll chase down, you know, 1%. Yeah, so. which is still huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Well, this is we forgot to mention at the outset, Andrew, we're, we're planning because we did this a little while back where we spoke to a handful of different, I guess, disruptors in, in different seg- segments. Yeah, that's um, probably two years ago, I reckon. Yeah, and I think we're we're planning to do that again. So, you, Fraser, you're the first in our group of um, of new disruptors for people to hear about and, and have a look at and see if it's, you know, what you're offering there as a service is something that, that appeals both to the, the buying and the selling end for that matter. Um, like I said, it's an interesting, um, interesting yeah, concept, like, and I think mean, it's got. From Matt and I, we just like to hear what new concepts are, mm. and uh, yep. I think it's an interesting concept. So um, yeah, it's good. I appreciate all that, right. guys. Thanks. Appreciate having me on as well. Uh, it's been a good conversation. No all worries. Right. All right. Thanks for coming on and um, explaining what you're doing, and we'll see you when you got nothing on. Ciao for now.